We are recording um, August the 3rd, 2023, Christians and my 26th anniversary today. So we're praying for um, Susan, that's Christian's mom, James with his mom. Uh, she had a car accident today, but she's going to be okay. Uh, power company truck ran through a stop sign and hit her. But we prayed a lot, and she's been delivered back to her home to recover. Uh, James, his name is James Travis. He he lost his best friend. His best friend passed away. James is our pizza man out there, you know. But he's moved over to Galax now with some catering outfit. But um, Shelly, uh, Steve Scott has asked for prayer for her, for her health and wellness, and for her husband as well. And um, Jerry Scott, a friend of mine, my mentor growing up, he needs blessings in many ways. Praying for our nation to come to Christ. Many out there are still to come, I believe. Many who have been astray have returned to their first love. I believe there's a gathering in of these final gleanings. That's my view. I could be wrong. It's just the way I feel. Lots of folks making things right with the one who made them. Praying for Vassie and Linda and John and Ruby. and they, These are folks that are friends of our podcast and study. And they pray. Marta and Charles, the same thing. And for Sebron, the situation of custody of his children. Osman in Gambia. We pr- pray hoping that things are well with him and his church. Larry McCoy. Blessings for him. Uh, perhaps to return to this area and find a job. He's not pleased up in, near Pittsburgh uh, and uh, just having hopes that he can just come back to this part of the country. Mrs. Davis, uh, I'm sure she misses Leonard every day. Janice, Surratt, Gail Pack, and other prayer team members. They read this prayer card on Facebook and they join us in prayer. Our children and grandchildren. For Bob's son, Mike, for peace regarding the loss of his sister. Pray for the folks in Europe and our country's leaders. I pray that our leaders either turn to Christ and do right in God's sight or get out of office, dead or alive. That's the way I see it. That's uh, Charity and family and grandchildren. Frank Wingo and uh, his wife and neighbors, they need Christ. Praise God for his wonderful grace. The driver who had caused that accident was Susan. He'll need prayer. He's got a lot on his mind. I'm sure he's thanking God that she survived. Just may the Lord use this whole thing to work for the good of all who love Him, as His Word promises. Ray, I'm praying for him and the other family members, lost family members. Uh, pray for Donald Trump and salvation for everyone. Praying for Eric and John and Rex and Ted. We're praying for America persecuted Christians, and unsaved family members. Let's join hands.
And Father God, we thank you tonight that um, you are in our midst because two or more are gathered. We pray we could learn from your word and have iron sharpening iron. Help us to understand the things you'd have us to understand. We lift this prayer list up to you that your will be done in the lives of each of the folks who are on it. Guide us and teach us, Lord, even by your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Speaking of that last thing, go to 1 John chapter 2. Um, sometimes there's this idea that, well, if you hadn't been to theological seminary, and I had a Calvinist the other day on Twitter uh, telling, asking me, well, can you read the Koine Greek? I said, I don't need to read Greek. I can go to Blue Letter Bible. And he said, well, let's picture my Greek Bible in the original language. So you, I still don't want your autograph. I still don't want to drink your backwash. You're teaching Calvinism. That's blasphemy. And that doctrine blasphemes God worse than any I'm aware of. And by the way, Satan can read, speak, and teach in Koine Greek. I promise you. Verse 27 of 1 John chapter 2 says, But the anointing which you have received of him abideth in you, and you need not that any man teach you, but as the same anointing teacheth you, of all things, and is truth, and is no lie, and even as it hath taught you, you shall abide in him. The Holy Spirit will teach you, he'll help you, he'll guide you. I think we have a place in John chapter 16, it's to be the Gospel of John. Um, and, um, and I didn't pick a verse, I knew where it was, so... Um, but he, he talks there. Um, I'll just read starting in verse 5 of John, the Gospel of John, chapter 16. But now I go unto, I go my way to him that sent me, and none have you asketh me, whither goest thou? But because I have said these things unto you, sorrow hath filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is expedient for you that I go away, for if I go not away, the Comforter, and that's capitalized in this Bible, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. And when he has come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment, of sin because they believe not on me, of righteousness because I go to my Father, and you see me no more of judgment because the prince of this world is judged. I have yet many things to say unto you, but you cannot bear them now. Howbeit, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine, and shall show it unto you. All things that the Father hath are mine, therefore said I, that he shall take of mine, and shall show it unto you. A little while, and you shall see me, 
you shall not see me, and again a little while, and you shall see me. Because I go to the Father. All right. He said, I have to go because I need to send the Holy Spirit. Jesus is the bodily form of God, God Almighty. We're made in God's image, the Bible tells us, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We have a soul and we have a, um, you know, and we have a body which is parallel to Jesus Christ, the body of God. You know, he told Philip in John 14, you know, Philip said, show us the Father. Jesus said, I've been with you all this time, Philip, and you still don't know me. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And uh, that's a simple and un- simple way to understand the Trinity. And I was surprised that no one had ever, to my knowledge, realized that. We are three, according to First Thessalonians 5, right around verse 23 or somewhere in there. He says, um, he speaks of our body and our soul and our spirit. Well, in your body, you can only be at one place in one time. In, in God's body, which is Jesus Christ, he's in one place at one time. But by his Holy Spirit, he's in every place simultaneously, speaking, teaching, guiding us. <coughs> so you don't need to go to some, you know, seminary theological cemetery we like to call to teach you you're just going to get taught denominational error in almost every case you'll be taught a few truths but there will be so much error and doctrinal turbulence trickled in there that you you're gonna it's going to impede your ability to learn from god's holy spirit so, you know, it, it always kind of makes me laugh, but it's a sad thing. When I hear someone who professes Calvinism say, I had never heard of Calvinism, didn't even know what it was. I just picked the Bible up and read it, and I said, oh, yeah, that's how it is. Lie. You know, lie like your father the devil. You talk of Stinianism, it's yeah. Calvinism. Exactly. He started a lot of it. And, um, you know, John Calvin just picked up on it. And... Um, Jesus even said religious leaders at that time of your traditions and rituals, you water down my word. Yeah, and so do they still today. So you don't, I mean, it's, you know, listening to some good ministers speak or, you know, a proven Bible teacher like Chuck Missler. There aren't that many of them. There aren't that many good Bible teachers. Charles Swindoll. Chuck Swindoll's good. Yeah, he's the one that called... He's, yeah, he's on TV. Of course. So, um... You know, I heard something from McGee this morning, and it was a pretty cool analogy that he used. It was a funnel. Did you hear that, maybe? Mm-hmm. He said that the road is now on few there are that find it, but the road that leads to destruction is broad and there are many on it. And he likened it to a funnel. You know, the road that's narrow, you start out the Christian that's walking down that narrow road and it broadens out to eventually heaven. But the other side, you know, the broad side that leads to destruction gets narrow and narrow until you find what 
end up in that smoking section. It's a good way to look at it. South, know, south of heaven. Right with me at five o'clock in the morning. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. 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 Chuck Sundahl pointed out this verse in Second Peter, chapter two, verse one. Second Peter two, verse one. But there were false prophets among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you, who privily shall bring in damnable heresies denying the Lord that bought them and bring upon themselves swift destruction. The problem there for the Calvinists is the word bought. Zagarazzo, it means redeemed. It's interpreted as redeemed in Revelation 14. So this group was paid for. Their sins were covered and paid for, yet they bring in damnable heresies and they bring destruction onto themselves. The Calvinist does not believe Jesus died for the sins of the whole world. The Calvinist believes that Jesus only died for the elect. This verse gives them a lot of problem because their five-letter tulip, total depravity, unconditional election, limited atonement, limited atonement means he only died for the elect, irresistible grace, and P, perseverance of the saints. You can't lose. But if you're, one, if you're on the losing end, you can't win. There's nothing you can do. Does that not blaspheme God worse than... That's, that is probably Satan's crowning achievement. That he has pushed that satanic doctrine of Calvinism <coughs> into the mainstream church. But see, if, the, if they were bought, then how do they end up destroyed? Because the Calvinist likes to believe that Jesus didn't pay their debt. He didn't pay the debt of those who would be damned. He only died for the elect. This says these people were bought, yet they denied the Lord and brought upon themselves destruction. I always go to that verse ever since Chuck Lindahl pointed it out. And no Calvinist has ever been able to answer it. The closest anybody even tried to come was the guy who said, well... What you're talking about here is hyperbole. You know, this is the Holy Spirit. He's just speaking hyperbole here. You shouldn't be taking that at face value. It's, it's uh, obviously somebody who's bought can't be destroyed. Well, that says that they were. It says they are. Why not believe the Bible instead of, you know, Paul Washer, John Piper. I still like... John MacArthur. You can't help but like the guy, but when he gets on that Calvinist doctrine, he just goes right out into the weeds. I believe he's truly saved, and I believe that at the Bema Seat Judgment, he will answer for having taught that doctrine to so many. But really what I wanted to look at tonight was 2 Thessalonians. It's going to be chapter 2. See if I can pull up something I had looked at earlier today on Bible Gateway. If I can get it. I'm going to read uh, 2 Thessalonians 2 here. It starts out, Now we beseech you, brethren, 
by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto Him, that you be not soon shaken in mind nor mind or be troubled. This, this Bible Gateway app is getting more frustrating by the day. I'm going to need to try to switch to something else. They send you a daily Bible verse, which I appreciate. And the ads that they have on the screen, I understand they got to support the site. I get that. All these huge letters. And the actual verse is so tiny that you have to turn your phone sideways and, and try to expand it to read it. I am definitely going to try to find a different... Uh, try blue letter. Does it do a daily one? They're better. Uh, KGB to King James Version, that's what I use every morning. Well, you can use any, any it's version. It's pretty good. Letters are big. Yeah, they'll get smaller ones. Yeah. Uh, actually, Chuck Messler uh, was instrumental in starting Bible Gateway. Or maybe it was he opened Bible Gateway. Which one yeah, Bible Gateway. Bible Gateway is frozen up right now. Well, that may be a good thing. Because people are looking. Since I no, learned I listen to it and read it at the same time and have some retaining. Okay, so you're not to be troubled neither by spirit nor by word nor by letter as from us that the day of Christ is at hand. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. Just going to stop there. Briefly, I mean. The, the falling away is apostasia. It means ap- apostasy. Slipping away from God. Turning away from God. There are a lot of warnings, particularly in Paul's letters, admonishing you not to Turn away, indicating perhaps that if you do that, you have not been sealed and fully saved to the uttermost, as it says in Hebrews. Let's say you were baking a cake, or someone that you were teaching was baking a cake, and you tell them, and don't go over and open that oven door. Start peeking in there. It needs, yeah, you'll cause the cake to fall. <coughs> you need to let that cake rise. And if you mess with it while it's in the process of coming to fruition, rising and finishing, then you'll ruin it. So there are always these people in your congregations. The Holy Spirit knows it. And there are a lot of admonishments written against falling away. Particularly in the book of Hebrews. However, once you have been born again, Jesus said you must be born again. And you're born again by the Spirit, not of water per se. It's not wrong to get a water baptism, but... That was called John's baptism. That's what we find in Acts chapter 19. Uh, 
the immersion in water, that was John, John the Baptist. It was a picture throughout the Old Testament. So many of the things God told his people to do were shadow pictures and parallels. He said, don't plant two different types of grapes next to each other. Well, what's the problem with that? It's a picture. You know, what fellowship does light have with darkness? You know, you you need a congregation of like-minded individuals so that your prayers will be strong and you can bolster one another in prayer. But you will always have some people in every congregation that they're still thinking about it. Oh, this church thing's pretty nice. I mean, I like to come. There's a girl over there I got my eye on every Sunday. That's why I'm coming, for instance. For instance. Not to deepen their relationship with the God who made them. They could fall away. Because they're not yet born again, God knows that there will be those who are not born again in the midst of the congregation. Don't turn here, but I'm just going to go here um, and read a verse. Find, find it. It's in, you know, just keep your place there in Second Thessalonians, but this is in First John chapter two, verse nineteen. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest that they were not all us. They were not all of us. I noticed some other 219 verse coincidences. Um, yeah, it also said that they came in to spy off the liberty. Like Paul talked about that. Exactly. They wanted Judaism and, and Christ had a liberty from Judaism. Exactly. So, um, let me get here to. Look at James. This is Christian's favorite book, she says, in the Bible. There's a <laughs> James 2.19. He says, Thou believest that there is one God, and thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. So you can be lost, just as lost as, as a devil meaning a demon and um, be in the midst of the congregation now what cleanses those folks out good preaching convicting preaching and teaching more so than preaching teach the word and what it says and that will either draw them to you or it will send them away from you. Another 2.19, don't turn here, 2 Timothy 2.19, Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure, having this seal. The Lord knoweth them that are his. And let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. 
these false brethren are not fooling God. They might be fooling themselves. They're not fooling God. So back in 2 Thessalonians 2, this falling away, verse 3, apostasia, apostasy. They're going to turn away from the teaching. They're going to leave the congregation. This falling away has to happen first and this man of sin be revealed, this son of perdition. I just cannot get this app to unfreeze. Let me see here. I wanted to read something from this in the Living Bible, but I'm kind of starting to wonder if I'm going to have any luck with it. So, um, let's see here. The Living Bible is just a a translation a fellow did for his children. He wanted them to understand what the Bible says. And um, he um, knew that for younger folks, the King James could be difficult in places. This is how this Second Thessalonians 2 reads in the Living Bible. And now, what about the coming again of our Lord Jesus Christ and our being gathered together to meet Him? Please don't be upset and excited, dear brothers, by the rumor that this day of the Lord has already begun. If you hear of people having visions and special messages from God about this or letters that are supposed to have come from me, don't believe them. Don't be carried away and deceived regardless of what they say. For that day will not come until two things happen. And this is key. This is how I read it out of the King James. The fellow who made this translation obviously read it the same way I do. That day will not come until two things happen. First, there will be a time of great rebellion against God. And then the man of rebellion will come, the son of hell. So you've got these two things that are going to happen. It says he will defy every god there is and tear down every other object of adoration and worship. He will go in and sit as God in the temple of God, claiming that he himself is God. Don't you remember that I told you this when I was with you? And now you know what is keeping him from being here already. For he can come only when his time is ready. What's keeping him away? the falling away, the apostasy. And he will rise up in the midst of that, and I believe the church will see that. Verse 7, As for the work this man of rebellion and hell will do when he comes, it is already going on, but he himself will not come until the one who is holding him back steps out of the way. Then this wicked one will appear, whom the Lord Jesus will burn up with the breath of his mouth and destroy by his presence when he returns. The old song, uh, Home on the Range, give me a home with buffalo roam, deer and antelope play. Some has heard a discouraging word, and the skies are not cloudy all day. What does that mean, the skies are not cloudy all day? Does it mean the skies are clear? 
all day long, or does it mean there are periods of clouds, but it's not all day long? You see how you could hear that either way? And that's what's going on in 2 Thessalonians 2. People are teaching that, I've actually heard them teach that, well, the falling away, well, that's the rapture. We're just falling away. That's a funny Greek word used for the rapture, apostasy. No, it's not the rapture. And then it says, look at, I'm just going to skip to verse 7 since I've already... Yeah, that's the rapture. Raptura. For the mystery, this is verse 7, 2 Thessalonians 2, the mystery of iniquity doth already work, only he who now letteth will let. Now that means restraineth. That's uh, one of those words in King James which means actually the opposite of what we would say today. If you, if you let somebody do something, that means you allow it. This means he withholds. Only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. And then shall that wicked be revealed whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. Now, as well, you know, what's holding back um, this Antichrist is the church and the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit's in the church and the Holy Spirit goes with the church and he's taken out of the way. And they seem to believe that the Holy Spirit won't be here during this tribulation period, which is not true. Uh, God's Holy Spirit is omnipresent. I mean, he's not going to. There's not going to be a place where he isn't. You know, um, you see in uh, Revelation 14, this is way deep into the tribulation. Verse 8, And there followed another angel, saying, Babylon is fallen, is fallen, that great city, because she made all nations drink the wine, the wrath of her fornication. And then it says, forgive me, let's pick it up in verse 7. No, let's do verse 6. Revelation 14, 6, And I saw another angel flying in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach unto them that dwell on the earth, and to try every nation, saying with a loud voice, Fear God, and give glory to Him, for the hour of His judgment is come, and worship Him that made heaven and earth, and the sea, and the fountains of the waters. You're still being invited into the Lord's presence by this angel proclaiming the everlasting gospel. The gospel is the good news that Jesus Christ has paid for your sin. This is not a time that works related. Although I think in the millennial age, there's a lot of works related things going on there for the human beings who are still going to be here. This is the gospel, and he's still proclaiming it. You can't well, we're get. We're not saved by grace at that time. <clears throat> not in the millennial age, that's correct. But here so, in Revelation, you'd have to be saved by grace, or it's not the gospel. Uh, 14.7 says that the, uh, they, to believe the everlasting gospel. Yeah. 14.7 in Revelation. Good. So the angel goes across the face of the earth proclaiming the gospel, the everlasting gospel. Fear God. That's verse That's 6. Okay. Verse 6, yeah. yeah. Fear God. Fear God. And, you know, and, and it is a gospel, and the gospel is good news, and mm-hmm. your debt's been paid. So... 
this idea that the restrainer or he who withholds or he who restrains is the church and the Holy Spirit, I don't believe that because the Holy Spirit knows how to write His own name. He would have said until the Holy Spirit be taken out of the way. No, it's just a restrainer. A restrainer. All right. Uh, and, and 7 and 8, it says the mystery of iniquity has already worked on it now that we're left until we take it out of the way. And then verse, verse 8 actually covers the entire tribulation. Uh, all the way down, it says, "Will be destroyed by the breath of his mouth." That's in his second coming. Well, that's that's the that's the antichrist. So he's talking about yeah, destroy him. And then right. shall that wicked be revealed. And who is this wicked one? This the is the, this is the wicked one is the antichrist. And it says, "Who the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth, and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming." And his coming would yes be the second be at the end of the tribulation. So where that, his, verse eight covers the entire. Tribulation. Yep. You can say that. Well, he's talking about specifically who is this Antichrist? Yeah. Who is this Antichrist? But we know that he'll be the devil's servant. What isn't clear is who this one holding back, restraining. Who is this? He's got to be taken out of the way or told to return to to base. Mm-hmm. Um, well, since Satan is obviously uh, involved in this, it would have to be somebody stronger than Satan. Yes, that would require an archangel. Well, is an archangel stronger? I think, I think because, probably. Because Satan was the highest was. angel, and there's four others that were like him, but he was set above the altar, above the, uh, the covering. He was the covering of God. And there's four other cherubim them that are there. And then you have the, the next echelon is archangels. Well, I don't think that would be Michael or Gabriel. But uh, now the book of Enoch is not in this Bible. And people are divided on whether... There's a lot in there. And it was found with the Dead Sea Scrolls. And it is quoted verbatim. There's a part of Enoch quoted verbatim in the book of Jude. So... It tends to lend some legitimacy to it. I was reading today in Enoch chapter 9, and he named four of the archangels. If I read correctly, get on later in there, there were seven. There were seven archangels. Not all of them, of course, named here. But it did mention Michael and Gabriel, and it mentioned the Raphael and um, another one. Started with. And doesn't it also name hierarchy of the demons it did and uh, I used to not want to state that one name because I wouldn't want to feel as though I was calling him but then as I read further into Enoch Azazel ain't going nowhere he is buried buried in the pit yes uh, he is stuck with a rock on his head the way it's read that's the way it reads you know um, and he won't come out until the final judgment at the white throne when he'll be cast into the lake of fire um, Probably on same guy. Maybe. I'm a, maybe I don't know. 
Well, God turns the poly on loose, turns them loose the on. Yeah, as, yeah. I think he's he's working at the at the, the Lord's behest. In ten months of the history of the world, is all he gets loose. Well, he does God's bidding the way Revelation reads. It's almost like God's got a rabid pit bull caged up, just ready to turn him loose. Well, yeah, the angel of death that passed over Egypt and killed the firstborn, that was not a, a, a bright angel. That was an evil spirit. I would think so, yeah. God released. And they're still out there. And Enoch 9 and 10 talks very specifically about these angels that were named, and Azazel was one, there was a couple others, that they're the ones who came down here and made babies with human women. There's about 200 of them. Maybe, I don't know. But uh, they taught it. They taught, just do this. And no doubt at Satan's direction. But uh, could one? I don't know the power. See, the thing that God can do was to remember who He is. God's not going to say well, I really want to withhold Satan. I want to keep this Antichrist back. Raphael, if only... <clears throat> if only I'd given you a little more strength. Duh, right? <laughs> he could strengthen him. You know, and I think that it could be an archangel holding back Satan and his work here. But once he's taken out of the way, it says then that this wicked, this Antichrist, would be revealed... To me, if the church was not going to be here, I don't know why tell us that. I don't know, I guess you could make the case that, well, the church for centuries is uh, not needing to know this either because they've lived and died over the centuries, over the millennium. But um, in any event... Won't there just be a remnant of Israel? Yeah, one-third of the people. Israel will. Um, I thought the church would be taken out, and there would still be a remnant of people. No, a remnant, a remnant of who? No. Believers. Well, you could make the case that the Laodicean church does not get raptured because of what he says to them, Revelation three. Um, you could make the case, and it's very sobering if if you're kind of a carnal Christian, as they're called. I said on our podcast, you know, some people are kind of surprised to learn that we're Christians. Uh, but uh, we're from the south side of the kingdom. That's, that's what we're from. Is that about you? I've had it said. Wow. The angel of the church, it's Revelation 3 and verse 14. The angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, These things saith the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. Now that's Jesus Christ talking. He's the, see, the first thing God did was make for himself a body. And then he made us in his image. And we get to have a body. And our body has not died to be resurrected just yet. But Ray's working on it over. Ray's asleep. <laughs> he really is. Alright, verse 15. I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot, I would thou wert cold or hot. So then, because thou art lukewarm, and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth, because thou sayest I am rich, and increased with goods, 
and have need of nothing, and knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire, that thou mayest be rich, and white raiment that thou mayest be clothed, and that thy shame of thy nakedness do not appear, and anoint thine eyes with eyesalve, that thou mayest see. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. We know that. This church needs to repent because you're going to be spewed out of his mouth. You're going to be chastened. To me, perhaps not all believers enter in the kingdom of God to tribulation beginning. Maybe some do go through. I'm not going to preach that or teach that one way or the other. But to, um, now, to kind of finish up by saying this, I'm going into this. It is more and more every day UFO sightings, UFO talk, more and more people are speaking out um, on the um, on the entire issue. These things are fallen angels. They're not little green men from Uranus. Um, that's an unfortunate uh, planet name, but no pun intended. Yeah. Um, well, what did that say on Facebook? It says men are from Mars and women are from Venus, and all these other genders you made up are from Uranus. <laughs> yeah. So, um, are we... Because here in Second Thessalonians, chapter 2, and, and it, it uh, talks about this Antichrist and what he's going to do, and verse 10 says, And with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish because they received not the love of the truth, that they might be saved. They could have received it. They're being condemned for not receiving it. They're not incapable of receiving it, like the Calvinists would teach. Verse 11, And for this cause God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie, that they all might be damned, who believed not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. God's going to send them delusion and let them believe a lie. It says a lie. Sometimes it's debated, well, it's really the lie. It's, it, it's the definite article. No, it's not. It's the indefinite article. Whatever it is, it's a singular lie. It doesn't say that they should believe lies. But they had pleasure in unrighteousness. Mm -hmm. So that seems to have plurality to that line. What are we talking about? What you're talking about. They that, should believe a lie. I think it's the same lie. That Christ isn't the same God. I think the lie could be, this is just speculation, it could be the official explanation for where all these people went, all these Christians. 
But see, everybody thinks they know a few Christians. And they're all going to know some that didn't get raptured. They're all going to know some of the, J. Vernon McGee called it the knife and fork club Christians. And they don't want to be in there too long. They need a sermonette for a Christianette, he called it. A little old 15-minute sermon. So I can go on out and get to Shoney's before the rest of the Baptists get there. So people are going to say, well, where'd everybody go? The Pope's still over there on his throne. He didn't go anywhere. It can't be a Christian rapture. Um, well, these aliens took them. These aliens have abducted so many, and then they're going to have a representative of the so-called aliens come to the cameras and, and say, we had to remove certain individuals who were making trouble. And every person who hates God and every false believer, false Christian, those people have something in common. They don't like real Christians. They don't like people who really believe this word and who believe it above everything else and who believe that it is without error presented by a sovereign and almighty God who is certainly capable of adjusting the text to the way he wants it. He doesn't change. He's immutable. He doesn't. His word doesn't well, we change. we do in our understanding of the words. So, because it was delivered up in Hebrew and, and, and Aramaic and Greek. Well, the truth we still prevailed, didn't it? Huh? This, the truth still prevailed. Yeah, it, it has. He's preserved it. That's what he says. And, you know, that one thing there that we're talking about, that church was taken out, they believe, a lot of people believe that evolution is now taking another step forward. That's that punctuated equilibrium. Yeah, all these people do. That would be that explanation. I think a lot of the Muslims will be saying Allah has done this. Um, there's just going to be... A, but the official lie will be that these aliens who are now front and center, um, of whom the Antichrist may be one of them. We've been looking at human individuals. Uh, what if it's one of these fallen ones manifesting? That's easy for him to get shot in the head and live, right? It says he's going to do signs and wonders, right? So here he is. And the Christians, we see this. And we have a moment, a short period of time, to tell our loved ones that we're not certain whether or not they're born again. Or, you know, don't follow this guy. It's the last thing you do. Do not follow this guy. Do not take this mark. You'd far rather starve to death because you couldn't buy food than to take that mark and condemn yourself forever. Revelation 13, right? There's going to be an innumerable amount of people saved in the in, after the rapture. I and, think there would be. There's probably going to be a lot of people that thought they were believers or... Laodicean church. Well, if you're born again, you got nothing to fear. But if you're born again, and that could happen at any point over the decades of your life, really... <laughs> You can look back and say, you know what I believed back then? I don't believe that now. I don't believe it's okay to say these things or those things or to talk a certain way. 
I've changed. I know that when I truly got saved, two things hit me immediately. I knew that abortion was wrong. I knew it was murder. Prior to that, I thought, eh, you're just sending that baby right on to heaven, right? It doesn't have to live through this hard, sordid existence. That's what I would say to people. And unfortunately, that troubled a lot of uh, Christians. Because I wasn't a real Christian. The other thing is I knew that there was one race of people, the human race, yet different ethnicities based on where you are in the world. You know, We talked last week about how we have DNA that while we're living, we can code certain parts of our very own DNA to teach our offspring don't mess with a rattlesnake. They automatically know through their DNA that this is bad. And I think, James, you weren't here. I'll mention quickly, they did a test. They did a study. They took these mice and they, the, the males, and they let them smell a certain flower. And every time they smelled that flower, they juiced the bottom of the cage. They had to jump. They were shocked. Mildly, but enough to bother them. And they did that a few times. And well, just like Pavlov's dog, it wasn't long until all you had to do is put the flower down there and they jumped like they got shocked. Interesting. So they took some <coughs> female mice that were not even in that study. They weren't even in the same room necessarily. They never smelled that flower. These mothers, would-be mothers, had never been shocked. But they took the sperm from the male mice who had been conditioned to react to that smell of that flower. And they impregnated these mothers, these mice, with the sperm of those who would react to that smell. They gave, I don't know, it was six weeks, eight weeks, for the mice to kind of fully mature the offspring. The male mice, flower in front of the nose, jump. It was in the DNA that the fathers gave to the mothers, like, this is a bad smell. Our children should know to avoid this, right? And that is how, you know, all these scientists for years, it's junk DNA. There is no junk DNA. God doesn't make junk. So, you know, we send along information. Unfortunately, sometimes we send information that's more harmful than helpful. Yeah, all kinds of stuff. Yeah. You know, we say, oh, this runs in my family. You know, you, you might teach, uh, you might inadvertently teach your offspring that a real good slog of whiskey is a wonderful thing. The only thing better is two slogs. And, you know, kind of thing. You have to, you have to break that chain. But... Um, for the majority of it, it is a good thing. It's a survival skill. My offspring should know that if they hear a wolf growling, it's not time to go pet the puppy. <laughs> right? They should know. And they will know. If, in fact, that per you know, maybe you, you wouldn't have to have done anything but seen it on TV. And you take this in, you watch a documentary about wolves and how they will kill people. Well, okay, that's bad. That's, I hear the wolf growling on the TV. You know what? I'm going to write that down in my DNA so that my children know better 
than to, you know, mess with the wolf. And so on. Why is it that every human being, unless you're living in the depth of the jungles of South America, when you hear a 12-gauge shotgun go, panic. Where'd that come from? Because a lot of these folks, they might not even seen it on TV. I know it's the truth. It's coded into you. This is danger. So let's hope we have sent our offspring helpful information in a much larger degree than anything harmful that we may have passed along. You know, these things that run in families. That was a little bit of a rabbit trail, but, you know, we're talking about what to expect going forward. Watch this alien stuff. They're rolling it out gradually. They're kind of boiling the frog. If only a few people at a time are made aware that, yes, we've been contacted, yes, we have alien spacecraft parts that have crashed, um, and then a few more and then a few more, they'll acclimate to that knowledge gradually and there won't be widespread panic. And these things are going to come in peace. See, the Antichrist rides in on the white horse. Oh, I'm here to make peace. I'm from the government. I'm here to help. But it doesn't take him but one more horse to turn red and start shooting. The red horse. And then we have famine. And the fourth horse is disease. No worries. <laughs> I do that all the time. And actually, Forrest the other day did it because a lot of times they're like, oh, I'm just getting old. That's why I can't remember what's going on. Kids do it all the time. Forrest went somewhere, walked in the room, coming here for something. I can't remember now what it was. I said, thank you, Lord. But it happens to the young ones too. <laughs> well, I guess that's about all I had. I just I, I wanted us to take a look at the fact that you may be fellowshipping with people who aren't yet born again doesn't mean they won't be. It doesn't, but they can't fall away. And you may want to come alongside them. You know, as James spoke of earlier there about as a bill, you know, come alongside and help. You know, somebody helped you, then you help someone else. And, you know... Uh, they call it paying it for you. Forward. I yeah, call it, I call it Christianity. That's the way it is. Well, you know, you, you can be a, a born again believer and fall away in the sense that you lose your rewards, love, mm-hmm. uh, and you uh, like, for instance, Solomon. He's obviously a Christian or yeah. a believer. He's going to be in heaven, obviously, but he fell away. He uh, at the end of his life, he was. Uh, Amount to worshiping idols and yeah. these foggy wives and so forth. But, yeah. uh, and that's why it says to, to stay vigilant and, and don't be uh, joined in with the, everything that's going on in the world. 
distracted but it says uh, Paul said I would not have you ignorant concerning these things as the day of the Lord for uh, uh, the dead in Christ shall rise first and then we who are alive would be caught up to him to be with him in the air that's believers that's all believers that's right. if you're a believer you're not going to be here you're born again if you're born again born again that's you know it's, we, the, a lot of folks that might attend congregations where we may go may not be there yet. I would have been one. I was one in Whitfield Baptist Church. I wasn't going anywhere if God had called the church up. I wasn't. I wouldn't have. But I, you know, and I thank my wife for being faithful and prayerful and vigilant in the Word of God. Unmovable. You aren't going to move her off of anything that she already knew to be the truth because you raised her right, as you did all your children. But it finally had its effect. So you be that person for someone else. And maybe someone who may have gotten saved in the tribulation and entered into the kingdom of heaven with their coattails smoking. Maybe they won't have to go through that. Help them know that there, there we are required. Certain things are required of us, but nothing is required of us that we're not able to do. God never says do this if you're not able to do it. He never says don't do that if you're not able to resist it. <clears throat> so that's what I have. Anybody have anything to add or any questions or? Well, let's join hands. <clears throat> Gordon, it's been a few weeks. You want to close us? Uh, I'll let y'all do it. I'm getting close to it. Maybe next time. Anytime you're ready, you okay, say I'll the word. I'll let you know. James. Yes. Heavenly Father, we come before you humbled and thankful for the meal you give us. Lord, I'm thankful for every man in this room. I ask that you lift us all up and our families and everybody we know. Lord, let us be beacons of light unto you. For your words life we're supposed to live. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. I'm getting there.